Welcome in to the Who Day Den. It is an emergency episode here. I'm your host, Taylor, and this is our first emergency podcast episode since last August, I think, when the Joseph Asai injury news hit kind of unexpectedly. This one is dedicated to Jesse Bates, and here on July 15th, it's not necessarily uh, surprising where we're at right now. We've talked about the Bates situation a lot. It kind of seemed inevitable we would get to this point, and it's now all but official that he's not going to be signing a long-term deal this offseason. The franchise tag, really his only option if he wants to play as a Cincinnati Bengal here in 2022. And again, it wasn't all that surprising that we've, it's kind of like the finality finality of it. Like we, we're here now and it's been announced. I think I was still holding on to a thread of hope that he might sign a long-term deal at the 11th hour or whatever, but it's not that surprising. We got here. I think probably a year ago, many expected a deal to get done. It wasn't really a matter of if it would get done. It's, but when I know I was in that boat and then it's kind of dragged on longer and longer reports were surfacing about offers being made by the Bengals that hadn't been accepted. So it seemed like this was a possibility that we would get to the end of the road here where no long-term deal is reached. And again, not, shocking but still disappointing and we talked about it a little bit last episode with Lindsay is like it really just kind of bums me out that we got to this point but I don't think this is a a situation where there's a lot of blame to go around honestly I don't think you can look at the Bengals and just immediately accuse them of being cheap because we know that there are some huge paydays coming down the road namely Joe Burrow Jamar Chase I don't think you can look at Jesse Bates and really fault him either. I mean, he wanted to be paid as one of the top safeties. And we'll get into what I think probably the hangup was there with the the contract offer. I don't think there's anything that really as fans, I it's difficult not to get emotionally invested in all of this. But it really seemed like at times last year, fans turned against Jesse Bates because of this whole situation. And it's just interesting how that all transpires. But I, I don't really fault him in this either. And the, the latest tweet from Ian Rappaport that kind of you know broke this news said, quote, the team's final offer guaranteed Bates only $4 million more than what he would get if he eventually signs the franchise tag. Big difference is the tag locks Bates in for one more year while the Bengals offer locked him in for five additional years, end quote. Now, Ian did clarify because I, when I first read that, was a little confused because it sounded like the, the I believe the franchise tag right now for Bates to play on is 12.9. I'm like, if the offer is only $4 million more, that's still $17 million a year. I, I was very confused by that. But then he, Ian clarified it was $4 million overall guaranteed. So really comes down to we were offering him around $17 million guaranteed in the offer. And that's not that surprising. Uh, it's more likely that we made that offer of, you know, however many much the total amount was, it was going to only be between 16 to 17 million guaranteed. And we thought that could be the holdup here. But I don't think that that's necessarily that surprising either, because when you consider his agent, David Mugaletta, who very well known now for negotiating Deshaun Watson's record breaking, fully guaranteed deal with Cleveland, it's representing Jesse Bates. He's, of course, going to try to get the best deal possible for him as he should. That's his job. And I think we are in a place here in the NFL where we're sort of going towards more guaranteed money being thrown around similar to baseball and the NBA and things like that. So I don't think it's that surprising necessarily. 
And then secondly, the safety market has really exploded over the last 12 months, 12 to 18 months or so. Uh, there were a number of deals that have been signed in 2021 and now in 2022 as well. Some of those to list off John Johnson in Cleveland, only making a little over $11 million a year annually, but he had $20 million in fully guaranteed money. Uh, Justin Simmons, 15 annually, $32 million fully guaranteed. Jamal Adams, 17 annually, 21 fully guaranteed. And then the most recent one that I think really... <laughs> drove home the point to me that this probably was not going to get done was Minka Fitzpatrick just a few weeks ago in Pittsburgh signing a deal that pays him 18 million annually, uh, also 36 million guaranteed. I think the Bengals probably offered something and we might get some leaks later on about what the actual numbers were, but somewhere around Harrison Smith money, the safety for the Vikings, uh, Harrison Smith right now is on a four for 64 deal, so That's 16 annually. He only gets about 14 million fully guaranteed. If you take Rappaport's tweet, you can assume we offered him 16 to 17 million fully guaranteed. I think he probably got a four for 68 or five for 82 or something like that, um, but only 17 of that guaranteed. Being That kind of being the ultimate hangup then for Jesse Bates is not the annual amount. I, I would expect we probably made him some sort of offer to make him the third, fourth highest paid safety maybe on an annual basis, but these players want the guaranteed money. Don't blame them. And I think that's ultimately what, what caused this deal to fall through anyways. But now we are left here saying, what happens next? And there's quite a few big things to watch going forward. Some in the, in the short term, some a little bit longer term. And we'll start with the short term ones. All right. So we already have a tweet out now. Uh, and these always kind of make me laugh. But from Josina Anderson, Quote, I'm told Bengal safety Jesse Bates has no intentions of reporting to training camp nor playing on the franchise tag per league source. End quote. I don't believe that. Josina Anderson, um, kudos to her for her career and uh, everything she's accomplished. But she does tend to be a mouthpiece sometimes for players and or agents. And that's not just her. It happens with a lot of media. So I take that with a uh, grain of salt. I think that's a very intentional thing to come out right after the report being made that he's not going to be, you know, signing a deal. And this was generally what the offer was. I would be shocked if Jesse Bates doesn't play this year. Now, if he doesn't report to training camp, not too surprising. If he does not sign this franchise tag, he technically is not under contract with the Bengals. Now his options are limited. He can sit out without a contract, but the point being is if he signs the contract, there's really no point for him to rush to sign this one-year franchise tender because then if he doesn't show up to camp, he can get fined. If he doesn't sign the contract, he is not subject to fines. I think it's likely he skips training camp at this point and signs the franchise tender sometime thereafter before the season starts. I mean, Jesse Bates is probably one that wasn't going to be playing a ton in the preseason anyways. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it would be important for him to be here to be around his teammates and around the defensive coaches and things like that. But he wasn't going to play much in the preseason anyway. So would I be shocked if it's week two of the preseason, week three of the preseason before he signs? I guess not. You just hope he's staying in shape and staying in contact with some of the coaches and things like that. But the fact that the the report is he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag, I find that to be, again, just a negotiating tactic of some sort. The only options there really are you, you, you trade him, and I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense with the makeup of this team right now. You could make the argument, I guess, that 
with Dax Hill and even Tyson Anderson, who we took, I believe, in round five, if you like him, there is some depth there, but it's unproven depth, very unproven depth. Um, what happens if you trade Jesse Bates for a pick? Who knows what the pick would be? A second rounder maybe is best case scenario, probably likely like a third rounder or something, uh, maybe a third and fourth. Who knows? Trying to guess, trying to guess trade compensation in the NFL is uh, bonkers sometimes. But whatever that would be, that pick's not helping us this year as we're trying to return to the Super Bowl, as we're trying to win a Super Bowl. I just don't see the Bengals saying, you know what, we're going to go ahead and trade him away. I think we know the importance that he has for this team, both as a player, both as a leader. Um, I don't think that he's going to make it a distraction once the season starts. I know right now, outside looking in, it, it doesn't look great, and fans might get annoyed with him saying, hey, you know, you're causing some distractions, get him out of here sort of thing. I, I just think this is a, a business, and you have to keep in mind that it's a business, and he's being advised by his agent and other business people around him. So I think he he's probably playing this the way that I would somewhat expect it to be played out going forward. But I don't think that he's going to demand a trade. I don't think he's going to not sign the franchise tag and forfeit nearly $13 million. It's just not going to happen. The The last player that really sat out a whole season, off the top of your head, you think of Le'Veon Bell when he did that uh, and sat out the whole season. That didn't work out well for him. Granted, different position, different times, whatever, but it didn't work out well. And it's just a big of a gamble, in my opinion, to sit out an entire season, forfeit $13 million, and hope you get something bigger and better next year versus playing on a $13 million salary and you know hoping you don't get injured this year. Because that's the main concern for these players. You sign the franchise tag. You're only guaranteed that one year. You're, you're playing for a bigger contract in the future. If something happens to you, then what? So I, I understand that, but I just think the risk of sitting out is comparable to the risk of playing and potentially getting injured. So I cannot imagine that he does not sign the franchise tag and does not play on it, but it, it brings into a, um, I, I think a unique situation coming up in training camp in a couple of weeks, which is the Dax Hill, the Tyson Anderson uh, combination there in the defensive backfield joining Von Bell. What does that look like? And I think this potentially could be a good thing if you want to find the silver lining is we now have a rookie in Daxil that's going to get meaningful reps with the first team defense throughout training camp into the preseason whereas before he'd probably be sprinkling in a little bit but more likely that's going to be Jesse Bates and Von Bell back there and so now you have Daxil getting a lot of reps again off-season training camp preseason reps that aren't quite the same as playing in a game I understand that, but it's important nonetheless, I think, and I think that could be maybe a silver lining around this. But the other thing that's a little concerning to me is when you when you consider, uh, Lindsay and I touched on it a little bit, uh, this could be a uh, look ahead to the T. Higgins situation because he will be extension eligible, I believe, next offseason um, and how that will be handled as he is represented by the same agent as Jesse Bates, the same guy who negotiated Deshaun Watson's deal, he's going to be looking for big money. He's going to be looking for high guarantees. And typically, high guaranteed money is not what Cincinnati does. They will eventually when it comes to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. But are they going to choose T. Higgins to be that guy that kind of breaks the mold for them where they didn't choose uh, Jesse Bates for that? I don't know. 
a lot of people kind of assume, well, it's either Jesse Bates or you pay T Higgins. And so by not paying Jesse, we're paying T. And I don't know that that's the case. It's possible. Certainly. I love T. Hope he stays here for a long time. But I don't think that's a guarantee either. I think that an argument could be made that he plays next year. He gets a franchise tag. So he's around for a couple more years talking about T Higgins here versus assigning him to a long extension next off season. Uh, that's high dollar amount, high guaranteed money. I mean, you're looking at probably close to $30 million is what T Higgins is going to be looking for, which sounds, Oh, there's no way that's going to be the case. Y- you have to consider how quickly these contracts, you know, each contract pretty much that gets signed. It seems like, uh, resets the market is a new number one contract in you know for the position. The most recent wide receiver contracts that we have from this offseason, you got Tyreek Hill, who got thirty million a year, uh, seventy two million guaranteed. You had Devontae Adams this offseason; uh, he has twenty eight million. I guess he got traded, but twenty eight million um, per year with sixty five million guaranteed. You have A.J. Brown right now who negotiated a new deal after he got traded to Philly uh, around the draft. $25 million a year, $56 million guaranteed. And I think A.J. Brown is probably close to T. Higgins that you would look at and say comparable in age, probably hasn't you know proven as much as a Tyreek Hill or a Devontae Adams sort of guy. But we know that the the... We know that the skill is there. We know that the potential is there for an absolute nuclear season from T. Higgins. And that's kind of where A.J. Brown is. He's suffered some injuries and was in a not great passing offense in Tennessee for a couple years. Uh, of course, give me T. Higgins over A.J. Brown every day. But you look at $25 million, uh, per year for A.J. Brown, 56 guaranteed. I think that is that's what they're going to be aiming above for T. Higgins. I think they'll be looking at the 27 to 30 million a year with 65 guaranteed, something like that. I mean, Cooper Cup just got 75 million guaranteed um, this offseason as well. So some of these contracts that are floating around are pretty bonkers. Terry McLaurin, if you could look at him, he just got an extension with the Washington Commanders, and his is 23 million a year, 53 guaranteed. But he's already 27 years old, and again, I think T. Higgins is is better than Terry McLaurin, and being younger, I think, makes a difference as well. I think being represented by who he's represented by makes a difference as well. So it'll be an interesting situation with T. Higgins. A year from now, will we look back uh, you know, at the summer of 2022 here? And think about how much we love T. Higgins and, you know, we just assume he's here for the long haul. And a year from now, what's it going to look like in negotiations with T. Higgins? Is it going to be reports of we're not anywhere close to meeting? He's definitely going to be moving on. It's a matter of when. Like, what is that going to look like? Because I think as we sit here today and we think about where we are with Jesse Bates, where we were a year ago with Jesse Bates, really, Jesse Bates was one of the most well-liked players, I think, on the Bengals, especially before Joe Burrow. But even once Joe got here and the team struggled his rookie season, who were some of those guys that fans enjoyed watching? The leaders of this team. It's been Tyler Boyd. It's been Joe Mixon. It's been Jesse Bates, kind of a, a stalwart over there on the defensive side. So he kind of went from um, a fan favorite of some some way, I guess, to really falling out of favor with the fans over the last year. And 
as much as people would say now, there's no way that'll be T Higgins. I think it's possible that it is T Higgins in a year, 18 months that we say, oh, well, he's being selfish. Doesn't he know we need to pay Jamar and Joe? I could be totally wrong on this. Maybe they extend him. They give him huge money. Maybe he takes less to stay in Cincinnati. Who knows? But this is just kind of uh, a look into what we could be dealing with fast forward another year to year and a half. And this is what we could be dealing with with T Higgins. And that's the nature of having a team that's one young and two very good. You're going to have young guys that are coming up in their prime for contract extensions. The same way Jesse Bates is in his prime. You're going to have players that are very good coming up for contract extensions like Jesse Bates. Very good player. I would say he's a top five safety in the league. Top top eight to ten at worst. And you're going to have to make difficult decisions. And that's a good problem to have, but it is potentially a problem to have. So we got here today, July 15th, 2022, and uh, maybe are not shocked by where we are right now and what has transpired today. But I do think it does potentially have ramifications going forward as it relates to Bates the rest of the season. How focused is he going to be? I think you could... You could look at this and say, yeah, Jesse admitted he struggled a bit with focus as he was concerned about his contract situation last season. Really, once he locked in, he was great for the playoffs and whatnot. But he is he is playing for a long term contract this year with likely, very likely a different team than Cincinnati. So he can't come out here this season and loaf around because then you're going to have two regular seasons in a row of him not looking like the Jesse Bates of 2020 or whatever it was when he was second team all pro. So he is going to need to ball out this year for that next contract. And so I think that's it's good for him. It could be a win-win situation. He gets his big contract after next season, wherever that may be. The Bengals get stellar play out of their safety position, hopefully leading us back to the promised land of a Super Bowl. But either way, huge ramifications from today for Jesse, for the Bengals, for Dax Hill, for T Higgins, uh, the ripple effects could really be felt throughout this season into the next couple of seasons. And this might be just the start of making difficult decisions with talented young players on the team. We'll see how the Bengals handle it going forward. We have a special guest scheduled for next week that I'm sure I will ask some Jesse Bates questions to as well. And we'll have some news trickle out, whether it's later in training camp, whether it's closer to preseason about what Jesse and his camp are planning on doing as far as signing the tag, reporting to the team and whatnot. We'll keep you updated on then. Until next time, Bengals fans, as always, hootay.